maybe even the most important part of the workflow is, is the very first step. You want to define a clear problem statement. What is the problem we are trying to solve in a very clear, simple, and concise manner? Because you can define a problem with seven paragraphs, but it doesn't help anybody. You can't just be like, hey, here's the seven paragraphs I wrote about this. Uh, their mind would explode. So uh, it's just about, it's kind of just about the concept of like, what, what does slow mean? Welcome to the show. Today on this episode, Danny Hatcher from the curriculum engineering team here at MongoDB joins us. He's talking about diagnostic thinking, solving problems using a structured approach. I hope you enjoy this episode. You're listening to the MongoDB podcast. MongoDB podcast. Exploring the world of software development, data, and all things MongoDB. And now your hosts, Michael Lynn and Nick Raboy. Hey, Nick, uh, do you ever come across a problem and just spend so much time trying to figure out the solution that um, you feel like you waste so much time, um, you know, yeah, I actually that actually happened to me yesterday. I was I spent like a whole day trying to figure something out because I didn't know how to properly troubleshoot and diagnose uh, the problem that I had. Um, so this that's very relatable. I think it relates to a lot of developers. Well, we've got somebody in the studio today. Let's bring him in, and he can talk a little bit about um, well the episode that we're gonna we're gonna have today. Danny Hatcher, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you. It is great to be here. I loved the intro skit. I think it was <laughs> very like well that? done. Uh, was it natural? <laughs> yeah, I think so. It was clearly, uh, clearly, you know, improv. Uh, okay. You guys definitely have that background, I can tell. <laughs> yes. Years of dinner theater. Awesome. Well, it's great to have you on the show, Danny. And we are going to talk today about thinking diagnostically and solving problems. And it turns out that there's a method. There's a series of, of things you can do to to troubleshoot and diagnose problems. And that's what we're going to talk today about. Why don't you um, introduce yourself to the audience? Let us know who you are and what you do at MongoDB. Sure. Yeah. Hey, uh, my name is Danny Hatcher, or I go by Danny. Um, yeah, I worked at MongoDB for three and a half years uh, in the, as part of the support team, the technical services team. Uh, I did a year and a half as part of the server team under the uh, triage and release sub team dealing with a, a bunch of severe server issues. And now I've spent the last six months or so uh, as a senior curriculum engineer on MongoDB University, uh, designing and writing courses. And this is my very first course I have designed and wrote uh, that we're going to be talking about today. Fantastic. What's, what's the name of the course? M112, those are the numbers, Diagnostic Thinking. It's a, uh, it's a simple, it's a mini course. It is one chapter, four lessons, in and out. Uh, just to kind of talk about, you know, as your as your skit so eloquently put it, uh, uh, thinking diagnostically. So, when you want to think diagnostically, what what exactly does that mean? Like, what what can somebody hope to accomplish in this one chapter course? It basically, you'll come out of the course with uh, having an idea of a general diagnostic workflow, just a, a simple kind of step by step process, uh, four or five steps, depending on how you define it. Um, it's just a way of approaching problems. Uh, it's we designed it with MongoDB in mind, but it's it's not just MongoDB in mind. You can approach any problem in your life, but specifically for MongoDB. Will it help me figure out how to fix my car if it's not working? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's in that sense. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to actually resolve it for you. Uh, you have to know about cars, 
but it gives you kind of a framework to use to be like, okay, well, my car isn't just driving slower. Like, what? How do I approach this problem? I love it. So, so give us some more information about the the, the chapter and and how you introduce the the topic. Maybe talk a little bit about what the content looks like. Sure. So MongoDB University, we have a, a wide variety of classes that kind of take different attitudes toward things and, and different perspectives and, and, and different ways of presenting information. For this course, I intentionally wanted something that was intended for beginners. Uh, you can come into this course knowing nothing about MongoDB and take it and complete it. But not necessarily saying you should. Uh, you should take our M001, our basis course, probably first, but you could take this completely blind. Um, it, all it is, it's, it's one chapter, it's an introduction, it's uh, a couple of different steps to follow, and then it's a, a conclusion. Um, all we go through, I present kind of a general example, vague example problem, and provide you a workflow to work your way through it. We don't actually change anything. We don't actually fix anything. Um, you know, I, I found in the past that if we had created video content about one very specific thing, in a year, it'd be completely out of date, uh, which is kind of a problem with some of our previous courses. Um, so I, I intentionally wanted something that was a very basic beginner level introduction to just, when you encounter a problem, like, what do you think next? Like, I have an issue, like, what do I do? Uh, we, we will have, we have follow-up classes already on university and we'll be developing more, going more in depth in the MongoDB's logging system and presenting specific problems and things like that. But this mini course is, is intended, it's probably going to take you less than an hour and it's intended just to kind of give you, give you a framework, just get you started. So would you be comfortable going over a uh, kind of made up scenario on the fly here on this podcast episode and walk us through some of the steps that you outline in this course um, in order to help us better resolve it? Sure, yeah. Um, do, do you want a problem scenario that's MongoDB specific, I assume, or you want to use your car thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I have a problem scenario that I think is uh, a lot of people ask it. I mean, this is pretty general when it comes to databases as a whole. But let's say my query's taken a long time to run. It's slow. What do I do? Is that is that something that we would diagnose? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's actually the the we're spoiling a little bit of the course here. So that that's, oh, that's is basically it? All right, the sorry. Problem. No, no, no. It's it's great. It's I intentionally for the course I wanted something as vague as MongoDB is slow. That that's part of the the premise of the course is. Um, you don't have to know MongoDB to look at something and be like, I want it to go faster, like, right? Like this, it's a very common thing. It can have a gazillion different causes. It could be, you know, it could be hardware related. It could be related to your application. It could be related to your database configuration. Like, what do you do when somebody comes to you with MongoDB is slow? And yeah, so yeah, we can absolutely. Um, I, I think the, the first step that I think is something that, people always miss. They, they do it subconsciously, but they don't do it consciously. Is the idea of, of just stating up front, what is the problem I'm actually trying to solve? When, I, when you say MongoDB is slow and you come to me with MongoDB is slow, what, what am I actually trying to accomplish here? I'm trying to make it faster, but what, what, is, what does that mean? What, is, what does slow mean? What does fast mean? Maybe slow to you is not slow to me. There's, you know, it's, it's we got to define what we're actually talking about. So maybe even the most important part of the workflow is, is the very first step. You want to define a clear problem statement. What is the problem we are trying to solve in a very clear, simple, and concise manner? Because you can define a problem with seven paragraphs, but it doesn't 
help anybody. You can't just be like, hey, here's the seven paragraphs I wrote about this. Uh, their mind would explode. So uh, it's just about, it's kind of just about the concept of like, what, what does slow mean? Let's define the word slow. When did it become slow? Are we talking about it's been slow forever or did you just come in this morning and you noticed the query was slow? Uh, you know, it's has is other pe are other people reporting the problem or or is it just Nick that has the problem? Do other applications that touch the database have the problem? It, and these are all questions that, depending on what the cause is, these questions will have a bunch of different answers. But you got to kind of get on the same page and just state like this is what the problem we're actually trying to solve. We're not actually trying to solve slow queries that happened four weeks ago. We're trying to solve a slow query that started this morning. Just defining that means you're going to take a completely different approach to what the problem is. Um, and that's the... Well, let's add to this, uh, this, this fictional story here. Let's say, let's say that now we've, uh, we've used this first step and we're saying, you know what? Um, our, our, our queries were not slow yesterday, but they're slow today. Uh, would, that, would that be narrowing down the scope to, to pr enough to proceed to the second step of diagnosing? It's, it's definitely narrowing it down, but I, I do think there's something key, um, and, and it's part of the, the workflow we go through, is, is the, the most important word we're talking about, other than MongoDB, because MongoDB is great, the most important word we're talking about is the word slow. So I, it's awesome. You definitely want to add context. And like it wasn't slow before, and it is slow now. But what is slow? And that is the single most important thing. So let's, let's say for your example that we, we've gone back and forth and you decided that your query against the cars collection, let's go back to cars, your query against the cars collection is slow. It didn't used to be, but now it is. Uh, you don't know about any other queries because that's not what you're responsible for. You're, you're responsible for the cars. And so that could be your, your problem statement is that as of yesterday, everything was fine, but today my queries against the cars collection is going slow. And I'm just not aware of queries against other collections. I don't know whether they're slow or not. And that's a problem statement. It, when, once we have, okay, well, you first came to me with MongoDB is slow, but now we have a specific time frame. We have a specific uh, collection to look at. Um, we know that the slow in this case is just slower than yesterday. Um, so we don't necessarily, I mean, if you wanted to find like less than 100 milliseconds, you definitely can. But if we're just trying to let's match yesterday's speeds and we just have some idea intrinsically, we don't have to. This isn't something about nailing down. I have to get everything 100% right. It's just getting a general vibe and just being comfortable. Now that I know this information, I'm comfortable actually looking at the problem. Whereas before, MongoDB is slow. Like, I don't, I don't know what that means. Okay, if we're going to... If we're going to approach this systematically, what we've done now is we've we've listed step one, we've identified uh, the problem, and we've added context. So uh, we're kind of narrowing things down. We're saying that we're dealing with the word slow, and we've added context to state the time. Uh, you know, today MongoDB is slow, and specifically, it's slow when querying a specific collection. So now that we have that. Let's move on to the next step. What what would we do next in the framework? Sure. Yeah. The ne the next step, and and to be clear, the reason I spent so much time on the problem statement is because it's probably the most important thing. Um, the next step, it's a lot easier. Identifying what information is actually relevant to you in the situation, um, especially if you're going to somebody else for help and they ask, or somebody else is coming to you and they ask you, 
for like, all right, well, what information do you need to help me resolve this problem? If you just say, well, give me all the log files you have and all the metrics you have, it's going to be a lot of information. This was a common problem when I was in support is that some people, they'll ask you back. It's like, well, why do you actually need that? Like, I don't want to give you this information. Like it could, maybe there's like sensitive information in some of the aspects. So knowing what you're actually looking for via the problem statement and then knowing where to look for it via identifying the information. So it's, you know, it's just if you have knowledge of the system configuration, if we know that we're looking at one specific collection, if the, the user or the person giving you the information doesn't want to give you everything on every, all the log lines referring to everything, like it might just be fine just to give you the log lines referring to this specific collection. Um, we know we're looking at this time frame, so we, we just have to look at the, let's say, metrics over time covering today. We don't care about the metrics over time for last week, unless the problem also happened then. So it, it just kind of it refines what you're actually looking for. So it's fairly easy. That's, that's step two, just kind of knowing, just having an idea of where to look next. Um, yeah, and then you would move on to step three, which... I think is something that most of us uh, would have taken in, in, in kind of their learning. Uh, the scientific method, I think it's a thing that, that a lot of people are familiar with. It's the uh, concept of forming hypotheses. What's, like, what am I actually trying to, to th what am I thinking about when I'm actually doing things? So it's just the concept of like, all right, I have a theory, right? MongoDB is slow. The problem statement we went through before because of X. This is why I think it's slow. I think it's slow because it doesn't have the right index. That's my hypothesis. That's my idea. That's what I think is the next step. So then what do you do with a hypothesis? Just having it doesn't matter. If you just say, oh, I think it's an index, and then brush your hands and walk away, like, what does that get anybody? You have to actually test it and make sure and see whether or not you're right. So then look at the log, see if it's using an index, create an index maybe, see if it improves performance, and then take a look at your results. So Danny, before we even get to the establishing of the hypothesis, um, how, maybe I missed it or misunderstood, but how do we even figure out, well, what are our possible hypothesis? Like, what if we're like not a power user of something, if we're a casual user of something and we don't, we don't know that the index could be a, a possibility. How do we get to that point that, you know what, it's slow. Um, how do I, maybe, maybe I am completely oblivious to the fact that indexes could, could improve the speed. How do we get there? Well, and, and, that, and that's actually part of this process. It's part of forming the hypothesis. If you don't know anything about indexes, that's wouldn't be part of your hypothesis because you, you don't know the concept. So, you know, if you were going at something at like such a basic level of, okay, this thing is slow, well, then what hypothesis do you then form? So if it's somebody who's not even aware of the existence of indexes, um, maybe your hypothesis would be it's slow because it's looking at a lot of records versus before it was looking at only a few amount of records. Like that's, that's absolutely a valid hypothesis. Now, it may or may not be accurate. It may or may not reflect the reality of what's actually happening, but it's a, it is a theory that you have that's very basic um, that you could then use. Okay, well, let's say there's a lot of records. So now apply a test. Let's, let's do something. Let's reduce the number of records. Let's add a bunch more, see if it gets slower, see if it gets quicker. And then, and then this is what's important about the workflow is that once you then have that, it doesn't matter how basic you start, you get a result. 
So let's say you thought that there was too many records. Maybe there's maybe more records than before. So let's reduce the amount of records and see if it's still slow. So let's say you do that and you get a result. If you reduce the amount of records and it's still slow, then now you have a result set. You can say, okay, well, I don't think that's the problem. So what do I actually do next? Well, you form a new hypothesis based on the information you have. So now you have new information that you didn't have when you formed the first hypothesis. Now the information you have says, okay, well, the number of records doesn't seem to be related. So what are some other things that could make the change? Um, and, you know, and this, it's, it's just a framework. It's just a workflow. I'm not telling you it's always going to be the index problem. Um, you know, it, it, there is some responsibility of, of you to actually start learning what the system is. So you have to develop a new hypothesis based on your knowledge. So maybe you're like, well, maybe hardware is a theory. I don't really know that much about hardware, but let me just say, okay, maybe the hard disk is the problem. So I'm going to go look into the hard disk. I don't really know what I'm looking for, but that's my theory right now, that it's something to do with the hard disk. And now let's make a change. And now we'll, we get the information back. Even though I may not know that much about hard disk speeds, I know that changing the hard disk didn't really change the problem or that it did. And then you form a problem. So it's, it's, it's one of those things that no matter where you're coming to any problem with, but specifically MongoDB issues, it doesn't matter if you are a super power user who has years of experience or someone who has never touched MongoDB before and just trying to figure out why a query isn't working. You can follow this pattern. It's it's very simple. Um, and it's something that, you know, I follow with many years of MongoDB experience. I know what an index is, but if I'm troubleshooting a slow query, like I'm following this in my head and I'm doing the index test. Fantastic. I, I love the the structured approach. And I think, you know, if, if we just, so we, we go to step one, we define the problem. And in this case, we're, we're talking about slowness. It can be relative. It can be, uh, subjective, you know, based on our previous experience. But then we go to step two and we identify all of the relevant possible um, context around the problem statement, slowness. So what could possibly impact slowness? And you, you mentioned a couple of different avenues we could look down. And mm -hmm. obviously, if we know about MongoDB, indexes is going to be a key, implementing indexes is going to be a, a, a key factor in slowness, but there are others. And you mentioned um, the, the number of documents in a, in a collection, for example. You mentioned the hardware, maybe it's the cluster size and the, the speed of the disks. And I'm sure there are many, many other factors that we could. But what, what's happening is we're identifying the universe of factors that may lead to the problem statement. And uh, somewhere along the way, we may exhaust our own personal knowledge. But following this framework, we're going to become more enlightened on the possible solution and we may solve it ourselves. And, and I think that's a, a fantastic outcome if we're able to, to give our customers the tools necessary to solve their own problems. But I also think in, in this process, we're going to have more enlightened tickets coming to the, to the, to the technical support team and, um, and I think it'll ultimately lead to, to faster resolution times. So if we continue on to the next phase, now we have the problem statement. We have, we've narrowed down the universe of, of possible 
solutions. We've followed the scientific method and, and perhaps we've even begun to test some of our hypotheses. And uh, maybe we, we still haven't solved the problem, but now we have a, a much more, um, uh, a much uh, finer grain of, of information that we're going to have to collect in the, in the process of solving the problem. Um, what typically happens next? I mean, are we, are we saying that it, when the, the customer encounters this problem, it, they've done the, the work around step one, two, three, maybe even four, doing some testing, then what do they do? You know, with your experience as a technical support representative, what's typically the next step? Sure. Yeah. Um, and I think the way you kind of described it in general is, I think, very accurate. It, it's, you know, it's helping kind of constrain. It's helping kind of box where you're thinking um, to kind of just get a grasp of a situation that you maybe don't originally have a grasp of when you first encounter it. Um, yeah. And the, and the intention of this, by the way, is to be used, you know, uh, a MongoDB uh, engineer could take this course. A brand new one, like I said, maybe that's something I'm going to fight for. Of like brand new engineers who come into the team take this course. Uh, this is something that like I, we could give our customers and be like, hey, before you interact with support, like think about things this way. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, maybe you can solve it on your own. Um, and and to be clear, that that's the workflow. We we went through the workflow. That's it. Uh, it's defining the problem, identifying the information, forming a hypothesis, testing the hypothesis, and then forming a new hypothesis, testing it, and then forming it. That's the workflow. Um, so that's like that's that's it. That's the course. But I do think you mentioned something that's very important of well, what happens when I, when I can't figure it out, or if I'm the customer, what happens when I do need to engage with support? What would the next steps be? Well, the, the next steps, kind of when you reach the end of your workflow, whether hopefully you solve the problem. If you didn't, if you're passing it to somebody else, you have already defined a clear problem statement. And if I want to communicate and get customers to do something, this is the most important thing because you've gone through this process. You've come out of this process. You've disproved some hypotheses. Maybe you proved some that weren't the actual cause. And now you can form a brand new problem statement and give it to someone else and say, here is my problem statement. And then they can then take it on somebody else who maybe who has more con more knowledge of the system. Then they take the problem statement, maybe define it a little more and using their knowledge. And then they identify the information. Then they form the hypothesis. It, it's very much a, the, I, I intentionally wanted something that was a living workflow. It's intentionally flexible. Um, as you grow in diagnostic ability, if you are a super diagnostic person, if you've been using diagnostic or it's been troubleshooting things for years and years, Maybe you think some things need to be added. Maybe you think some things miss. Um, and that's totally what this is for. It's, it's not intended to be, um, you know, prescriptive. It's not intended to be like, you have to do A, you have to do B. It's just intending to give you a structure that then could follow along to somebody else um, and can, can live and grow. So going very specifically, if let's say MongoDB is slow, I've done all these things as a client and I'm engaging with MongoDB support. As someone who worked in MongoDB support for a very long time, giving me, showing me that you will understand what the problem is by giving me a clear problem statement, showing me that you've already taken steps, and maybe I would then take the same steps just to double check things, but showing me you've already made an effort into certain things by forming and testing and getting results from your hypotheses, 
make it much easier for me as a support engineer being like, oh, okay, this person already went down this road. Maybe I go down it again to double check something, but I get to kind of you know, put it aside a little bit. They already looked into all this index stuff, so maybe the problem doesn't have to do with indexes. And it like it drastically released, reduces the problem space that any support engineer would have to encounter. So when then they go through this process, they know you can give them one of the biggest delays, I would say, from when I was a support engineer, is the gap in time between when you ask for additional information and when you receive an additional information. So the best tickets were always the ones that were super explicit about what the problem was, but also the person knew exactly what files to send me. They knew exactly what log chunks. They know exactly what pictures of metrics and graphs to send me. So I didn't have to then go ask for it. I, it was already given to me. And maybe I asked for some additional details, but I already have the bulk. Um, so even just having gone through this process yourself on the client side, you have some idea of this is probably the majority of what this person is going to look for. Even if it's not all of it, it's still absolutely better than nothing. So what are the requirements to take this course? You briefly mentioned it at the, at the outset of the, uh, of the episode. Uh, let's just state those again so folks know clearly what they need to begin and take this course. Sure. So this course was intended to be, you could go to MongoDB University and take this course for free, and that's it. They could start MongoDB University with this course. Um, that's not the recommended path that I would recommend, but you could. There is nothing blocking you from doing that. You would not lose out on anything in this course. Um, we have recently revamped and come out with a new um, M001. It's an introduction to MongoDB. It's a basis course. I think it's fantastic. You know, it's a little biased, but I think it's fantastic. Um, and that's what I would recommend everybody take for whatever things you're trying to learn about MongoDB. So I would definitely say that you would go to MongoDB University, take M001, and then maybe take this one as your second one, or, or take something else. And then when you decide you want to start troubleshooting, then you take it. So um, so Danny, uh, so we know the course title, we, we know kind of your recommendations on the prerequisites. Where exactly do we access this course? And I assume it's free, right? Yeah, so um, everything on MongoDB um, that, that you can go through and see um, it sh should be free. So it's at university.mongodb.com. And there are also other links through, if you go to mongodb.com, you'll, you'll find it, you'll get there. But just university.mongodb.com, it'll bring you to a website where you can see a bunch of different courses and browse all courses. And you'll see it's not up there yet, right as the date of this recording. Um, but it will be up there soon. And uh, you can just click on the class and start course. It's going to ask you to like provide a, an email information and things like that. And then you can just take it. It's it's all totally free. And just to be clear for, for the listener, they're looking for M112 when the time comes, correct? Exactly. M112 Diagnostic Thinking. It will be billed as a beginner course. Uh, Perfect. Well, Danny, this this was fantastic so far. Do you have anything that you'd like to share with the listeners that we might not have covered that you think would be valuable to them? Sure. Um, this course is definitely talking about the how. How do I approach problems? Um, but we're not talking about, well, what do I actually do as a next step? This course is not intended to do that. And that's why it's a mini course. It's something very short. It's just providing a framework. So there is currently content on MongoDB University, university.mongodb.com. And there will be upcoming content that I am currently working on writing so we can get it out there. Um, 
about investigating, okay, well, now that I know how to think about problems, like what do MongoDB's log files actually look like? What do the metrics actually look like? How do I use this log file, this section of the log file to actually address a problem? Um, so there's already courses on MongoDB University covering that. Where there's going to be a lot more that I'm currently working on creating. Uh, so yeah, look forward to it. If you take diagnostic thinking and you're excited for more content from me, it is it is coming. Awesome. Well, Danny, thanks for thanks for being on this podcast episode, and uh, we look forward to seeing this course roll out. Thanks yeah, so much, thanks. Danny. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe. Have a question or a suggestion for the show? Visit us in the MongoDB community forums at community.mongodb.com.